Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Insamo, joined by my co-host, Nick Valachi. Nick, we recorded yesterday talking about the Jays offense and boy, did it come alive as our Toronto Blue Jays smashed the St. Louis Cardinals 8-1. to Nick, what is your initial thoughts on last night's smashing victory? Very encouraging. Very encouraging. I think uh, a lot of the things that we needed to see happen, happened. I mean, Vlad with the big home run. We haven't seen a lot, like power from him in a while. Uh, and let's talk about Jansen. I mean, we'll get into it later on, but he's just been phenomenal, man. It, like, besides the games that he missed, like where he clearly we missed his production, he has been fantastic this season. But we'll get more into it later, of course. Yeah, you know, that was a much-needed victory. I told you I felt like they were just something away from really letting it go. And it looked like it all came alive last night. It looked, see, the thing that I noticed, and this is what I talked about largely about yesterday, is they looked very tense. And yesterday, even in the first inning, getting that quick lead, it felt like, you know, the emotions kind of just let loose. And it was, you know, a much different vibe. They looked a lot happier, especially when Vladdy hit his over the fence. It looked like the morale of the team kind of jumped up. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the hitting coaches and, you know, all that stuff. And we talked about Montoya yesterday, but, you know, it looks like they're, you know, back into that groove. We have a tough series coming up against the Angels. They have some of their best pitchers uh, expected to start in the series as well. So, it, you know, it's another test coming up uh, starting as soon as tomorrow. It's, you know, the late night games, which I'm a big fan of, uh, if you know me. But going back to this game against St. Louis, Kevin Gosman, this guy has been an absolute stud. He goes six innings last night, four hits, zero earned runs, eight Ks, and two walks. This guy has been absolutely dominant all season long. It's crazy how he still has three losses on his record. That just shows you that the run support just hasn't been there for him because on the season so far through 56 innings, this guy's a 2.25 year A, 65 Ks, only five walks. Um, you know, his record's four and three. To me, I think the walk count at only five is exceptional because this was a guy that, you know, sometimes in his career he struggled with his command. But this year, Pete Walker and him have really found a groove. And so far through his first nine games, he's been an absolute stud. What do you have to say about uh, Cy Gauze, as people like to say in uh, Blue Jay land? I mean, I don't think there's enough words in the dictionary to describe how fantastic he's been. I mean, the guy is just unreal. I mean, even if you go and dive into the advanced numbers, what he's doing, it, it's almost unheard of. Like, if you look at it, he's the 100th percentile in chase rate. And at the same time, has a, is in the 98th percentile of walk percentage. So we're talking about a guy who isn't walking anybody, yet can't help but get guys to swing at stuff that he throws. His splitter is untouchable at this point in the season. Um, and again, it wasn't like he was facing some weak offense. You know, the Cardinals ranked top five in hits, average, on base. Um, they're 
10th in slugging. Like this is a team that can hit the baseball and they've shown us in this series that they're capable of doing so. But nonetheless, you know, running into a red hot Kevin Gosman, he just, you know, worked right through them without any issue really. I mean, not, and not at one point in the game was I worried about how he was, you know, how he was handling himself out there. Uh, it was just another day at work for him. And, you know, like you said, uh, you know, I think as we move through the season, you know, those losses aren't going to keep piling up because let's be honest, he hasn't deserved any of them that he's gotten so far. But uh, no, besides that, you know, just another exceptional start for what's been a fantastic start for the season for our new signing. All right. And as great as Gauze was last night, there was arguably the performer of the night that uh, is on the other side of the pitching repertoire, and that is catcher Danny Jansen, who had himself a night. Two home runs, like two home runs over the fence. These weren't, you know, barely making out of the park. He looks like a whole new hitter. His approach, the way he's pulling the ball, he's got a 310 average on the season, five home runs, eight RBIs, and only 29 plate appearances, uh, you know, I've always been a big Danny Jansen fan. Obviously, the organization has a ton of faith in him. If this guy's able to stay healthy, I think that, yes, there might be some regression, especially in the average category. But, you know, I think this guy could be a very large piece to this Blue Jays offense down the line here. No matter even if that's in the back half of the order, I still think his bat's going to provide a lot of depth uh, for the Blue Jays. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, people, you know, people are quick to forget that Jansen coming up as a catcher was an offensive first catcher. You know, he wasn't known for his defense in the minors. I mean, coming up, this guy was known that he could swing the bat and he could hit for power. We saw in the Futures games before he made his debut that I think he had, I can't remember if it was one or two home runs, but, you know, he stole the show there when he made, when he had his uh, appearance. Look, the guy's been fantastic. And I think the biggest change is his ability to hit the inside pitch and more specifically velocity on the inside. Uh, you know, he's not struggling like he has in past years. Uh, and I mean, diving into the numbers, the guy has a 274 uh, batting average on balls in play. So we can't chalk it up to luck. The guy's hitting the ball hard. You know, he's he's recognizing pitches. He's doing damage with those pitches. And yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think he projects as like, a you know, he's going to steal the fourth or fifth spot in the lineup. But man, if we can get that kind of production out of the seven, eight spot like that, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I agree. Danny Jansen uh, definitely was more of a power-based known prospect coming into the league. His offense hasn't been there much with his time with the Blue Jays and Major League Baseball, but, you know, it it always felt like he was getting better and better slowly. And uh, last year, I felt improvement. Obviously, you know, he battled some injuries. And this year, if he's able to stay healthy for a large part, I could see, you know, some good numbers throughout the whole season. And that's going to be crucial for this Jays team because you know we're all big Kirk fans how can you not love Alejandro but you know Danny Jansen and what he does for this team is you know he is probably catcher number one I'd have to say what do you think yeah I mean as of right now you got to take all things into consideration uh yeah I I think that that's kind of what the Jays want as well you know I don't think they expect Kirk to be the number one at least in an ideal world you know they were I think they're hoping that they don't have to call up Moreno to solve the problem and I think that's kind of what this is showing uh, the more flexibility that they're provided with, with dance or Jansen performing at this level, you know, opens up a lot of options for them, you know, down the road that makes Kirk a lot more, uh, you know, less of a necessity, you know, and more of a luxury. And that, in that case, he can get moved around or, you know, or he just stays in that DH spot occasionally. 
Uh, nonetheless, I think that uh, Jansen for sure is your number one if he can stay healthy. Um, I, even regardless, you know, his defense is fantastic. Uh, he's definitely improved on that since he got to the majors because, uh, like I said, he wasn't known for that in the minors. But, uh, you know, this team, as they make the push forward, I, I see that as being the case moving forward. I think that he'll be the number one, and there's no real reason to doubt that uh, based on his performance so far. All right, let's get to a very different topic now. And, you know, today we wanted to record on the Jays off day. Obviously, like I mentioned, they have a big series coming up in L.A. against the Angels. Uh, so today as an off day, we kind of want to clock, um, you know, clock you here, look at the team as a whole. And obviously the big story of the season was the offense. We talked about Montoya yesterday. We talked about most of the stuff that's wrong with the Blue Jays offense as well. But today I want to ask you some different stuff. And, you know, now we can look at the numbers that we have the time here on an off day. And um, I'm going to go through them quickly. And uh, let's talk about the hitting coach, because I want to talk about your Lermo Martinez. And I want to know if you have a ton of confidence in him to stay as the hitting coach throughout the season, because I'm not sure about my answer anymore. You know, he had some good seasons. He's had some ups and downs, but you know, last night, yes, it was nice to see the eight runs on the board, but you know, who knows what happens tomorrow night, right? This is a team that can get shut out. Um, this is a team that can score at a rapid pace as well, but I just need to see more consistency this season because the Jays offense was supposed to be their more dominant factor. And right now it's been the starting rotation. So let's take a look at the offense in terms of numbers so far on the off day today. Runs, they're tied for 24th in the league. Hits, they're tied for 23rd in the league. Average, they're 21st in the league. Uh, on base percentage, they have a 301 average that is tied for 20th. Their slugging percentage is tied for 20th. Their OPS is tied for 20th. Home runs is outside the top 10. That was That's something that I'm like actually really surprised about. Uh, and their stolen base uh, average is 24th. They're, they only have 16 on the season as well. This is a more obvious power dominant offense. But, you know, the lack of speed, is that hurting the Jays? Let's start with that there first. Uh, lack of speed, you know, I, I got to be honest. I don't think the lack of speed is that big of an issue uh, at the moment. I think uh, a bigger casualty for the reason that they haven't been scoring as much is definitely just that they haven't hit with run scoring position. You know, nonetheless, uh, I mean, if you look at it, whether a guy has, you know, Byron Buxton speed or Alejandro Kirk speed, if he's stranded on second base and we, you know, strike out, uh, you know, back to back to end the inning, I mean, he's not going to score regardless, you know, so I don't think speed hurts them that much uh and defensively i think the speed actually isn't that big of a problem i think springer out there and tosker out there do a fantastic job uh zimmer as a defensive replacement is pretty good and i obviously as a pinch runner he's fantastic because the guy you know he doesn't have a lot of tools but he definitely has speed going for him uh and other than that no i don't think the speed is that big of an issue at least at this point uh i think we only can really look at that once we start hitting the ball a lot better and that's just uh how i look at things right now yeah, that I agree for sure. I think it might be more of, I guess, an overreaction topic. I remember uh, scrolling through Twitter last night and a lot of people were talking about with Rymel Tapia's, you know, they're all crediting his speed and all this and they were discrediting Montoya's management of this team and stuff saying that he needs to be used in more uh, situations where speed can be used. Um, you know, I kind of agree with that a bit to a certain extent. Obviously, we have a different kind of weapon in Rymel. But, uh, you know, he needs to get on base for 
us to really see that speed, like you mentioned. So, you know, the stolen bases, I think we'll definitely see an increase once uh, they do get on base more and the offense has been slow. So I think that's why we're seeing such a low number there, but let's go to hits. They're tied for 23rd. They average seven and a half a game. Tell me, do you expect this number to, you know, increase a lot or do you think it's going to stay around the same here until we get to at least the all-star break? So I would say that uh, hits, uh, that's a tough one because this team isn't really built for, you know, a ton of base hits. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, guys like Vlad and Bo are very capable of getting base hits uh, on a consistent basis. Uh, similar with guys like uh, like Teoscar and Springer. But the thing is, this is a more power-driven team. So realistically, what you really want to look for is you probably want them to bump that up by maybe even like two per game, to be honest. Not even that much, maybe like one and a half. Uh, and more importantly, you want to see that power increase. I think that's going to be uh, the deciding factor of where this team goes and how far they can, you know, uh, you know, advance in the playoffs. I think if this team does start hitting for the power that we know they're capable of, uh, that'll make the biggest difference. I don't think the hits is that big of a concern. Uh, and honestly, I don't think we'll see a major difference uh, as of yet. But I think moving forward after the All-Star break um, or, you know, even prior to that, uh, we will see some sort of increase. I just don't think it'll be a major one. Uh, I think more so you want to look for where that power comes into play. Yeah, my answer is I think we're going to see the number increase. Uh, this offense, you know, it's been dull uh, for, you know, a good chunk of the season so far. It's still early. I think a lot of people forget that. Like, you know, you look around Blue Jays social media, a lot of people are hard on the team. Like, yes, the expectations are high, but it's still early on in the season. Your team isn't going to be, you know, having just ups all 162 games. I think people need to take that into account. I think the hits are going to go up. I think average is going to go up. Um, but, you know, like you said, the power, this is a power-based offense. We know that Teoscar, Vladdy, even Bo as a, you know, leaner build guy is not afraid to smash the ball over the fence. This offense, it can come alive at any point. And that's what makes them so fun to watch is this is a team that you might be down six runs in the seventh inning, but you know, because of the power within this team, you know, they're not afraid to launch the ball over the fence. So obviously I think once they end their roof, we're going to see all of these categories jump up. The offensive numbers are going to come. I think it's only a matter of time. And, you know, everybody was tense with each other last night. It looked like they finally felt like last year's team. And you look at the smile on Vladdy's face when that ball went over the fence and he annihilated that baseball over the bullpen. And it just felt like, you know, everybody could take a deep breath. And that's what I think this Jays team needs to do. And I think, you know, they're getting closer to that. And, you know, we have a big series, like I mentioned again, against the Angels coming up. The Angels are a team that for years, a lot of people kind of overlook. But this year, you know, they're not playing too bad. They have some nice pitchers that are going to be in this uh, upcoming series. And it's going to be interesting to see if this Jays offense can kind of use this momentum going into game one tomorrow. Uh, because I think, you know, baseball is very overlooked like the sport itself is overlooked what the morale and you know mental aspect of the game can do it's getting better now that we're starting to see it a lot of people are starting to acknowledge it more but you know me and you both played growing up and I think the mental factor is huge like do you agree with what I'm saying yeah 100 I think the more relaxed you are the more comfortable you are you know the bigger the baseball looks the plate to be honest with you I mean you know it's tough when you're tense and you're you know and you know that you're struggling and you know the team's struggling uh, that ball can look like a like a golf ball, to be honest with you. Uh, it can be difficult. 
And then other days, you know, things are riding high, emotions are good, everyone's steady. Then all of a sudden it looks like a beach ball. And that's when you see them explode for, you know, uh, 10, 11 runs, which they haven't done in a while. But, you know, you saw a little bit of that last night and what they're capable of. So I think, yeah, it plays a very important role. And I think last night was, uh, was a good start to getting back on that track. That is so true what you just said. I remember those times where, you know, I felt good at the plate and, you know, I was playing some of my best baseball. It's true. That baseball, for some reason, looked a lot bigger and uh, the sport was just more fun in itself alone. So, you know, just because these are major leaguers, these are still human beings playing the sport we all love. And, you know, I think now that they're starting to get a little bit more comfortable, um, you know, look at Bo, right? Like Bo had that really slow start and now it looks like he's starting to find the power in his bat again. And that's a guy that I, I believe for sure was definitely hard on himself. You know, these are top athletes. They know what's at stake here. They know, you know, how much people are looking at this team this season, how, you know, rated highly this team is in general. And, you know, that definitely has an effect on you mentally when you're struggling, but they look a lot better right now. They look comfortable after last night and I can't wait to see what happens tomorrow. Uh, but with that, let's go to the more defensive side base uh, numbers now. So let's start with runs allowed. Runs allowed, the Jays are tied for seventh in the league. Hits allowed, they're tied for 14th. Uh, ERA, they are tied for 10th uh, with a 3.51 average, which is pretty nice. Uh, their whip is tied for 10th as well, 1.8. Their K per nine is 8.29 average within the team, which is tied for 18th. And their home runs given up is eighth in the league. Tommy, you know, this shouldn't be much of a surprise. Obviously, the defensive numbers here, even the pitching ones, are a lot better than what the offense shows. Uh, is there anything that stands out to you as I just read you those uh, statistics for your Blue Jays? Yeah, honestly, uh, if I'm being honest, I think all of that, uh, considering the fact that we've had a couple guys uh, who haven't gotten off to the greatest starts and have really, you know, done their best to drag us down, it seems. Uh, you know, I'm speaking about, like, the Trevor Richards of the world and those kind of guys. You know, they really haven't been on their top of their game. So, you know, despite all of those, they're relatively not in a bad spot, where all, you know, all things considered. Um, the, you know, the thing is that this team shows that they're capable of playing defense. They sure are capable of pitching, at least that starting rotation for sure. Uh, and, you know, I think that bodes well, considering, you know, they've struggled to this point offensively. Once they put that together, this is like one of the most complete teams in all of baseball, without a doubt. You know, the ability that they don't have to rely on just their, uh, their hitting is, you know, is a uh, very, uh, good to look forward to. I think that that's a very strong thing to have as a contender. Uh, you know, obviously we haven't been playing the best baseball when we haven't hit. That's, that's obvious, but that goes for every team. You know, you're not going to win a lot of games when you're not able to hit, especially with this bullpen not being the greatest, but they have shown that they are capable of doing it, you know, when it matters. So I think, you know, as the hitting seems to rise, also don't, don't discount the whole mental part also applies to pitchers and defenders. You know, the better you're hitting the ball, it does get easier to play defense, you know? there's less pressure on you to make every play. So, you know, it becomes easier and things aren't so, you know, tight, you know, the more you hit the ball, you know, you extend the lead to more than one run, more than two runs, you know, you're up four, you're up five guys play better defense. They play loose, they play energetic. That's just the kind of thing that happens. So, yeah, I think honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see an, uh, you know, uptick in all of those numbers that, you know, I think they'll improve across the board as the hitting comes alive and as they win more games. All right, let's look at the number that I wanted to save into a category on itself. 
because we know how much Montoya has talked about defense with this Jays team and how much, you know, that is going to be key to their success. The Jays fielding percentage is ranked second. Does that surprise you? No, I, I'm going to be honest. It doesn't. I think that I've been, I've been harping on this point since it happened, but the Matt Chapman, you know, trade alone makes a massive difference considering third base was a whole last year. I think that it's, it's phenomenal what he does. He takes away so much pressure off of Bo and not to mention that Santiago Espinal hitting the way he does. We can't discount that because that allows us to play him in the lineup, you know, at, on a regular basis. And he's a plus plus defender. We know this, this is why he's in the majors, you know, but being able to hit at that level has left us no question as to who can be our second baseman. So I think that mixed with the Chapman thing mixed with Kirk's ability, improving behind the plate defensively, all things considered has done a tremendous uh, job. And, you know, guys like Tapia, uh, Tapia, he's not the best defender, but, you know, definitely an improvement over what we've seen in the past for a fourth outfielder. Same with Zimmer. Zimmer's an exceptional defender. You know, he is a fantastic uh, late inning substitution. So I think overall, yeah, I think the only negative defenders you're really looking at in the lineup are Bo and uh, Guriel. And, you know, those are two guys who you hope to see, uh, you know, improve offensively to help, you know, uh, kind of offset the loss that they provide on the defensive end. I mean, the thing is that, you know, Guriel does have a great arm. It's just defensively, he, you know, that's why we see him get taken out of late game situations because he doesn't provide that security blanket that we do need back there. But overall, I think the Chabin and Espinal thing have been massive. And I think that's kind of why I'm not surprised by this. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I just, I'm very encouraged with, you know, the numbers on the defensive side of things for this Jays team. Obviously, you know, like I mentioned, Montoya is huge on defensive baseball and, you know, that being a pivotal point to their success. And, you know, there's been Jays teams in the past where, you know, it's been, you know, the defense is kind of that whatever, we'll worry about that later kind of thing. And, you know, Montoya's kind of changed that approach uh, largely. And, you know, this is a baseball um, you know, defensive driven team now, you know, they take pride in it. They take, you know, after that is like you said, the Chapman trade, that was huge. People might look at the offensive numbers and say that trade was a bust, but you know, right now, defensively, this team, imagine if you had Espinal playing every single day at third base, you know, what if there's a chance there's an injury to Espinal that he's playing all this baseball, then you got to rely on guys like BGO and, you know, potentially others. Um, you know, this team might not have that defense numbers that they have right now. So Chapman's done amazing uh, defensively. I think this Jays team's only going to get better. Like I said, they seem a lot tense. And when you're tense, playing defense, uh, you know, is just as hard as playing, you know, I'm being at the plate. And I kind of on my words there. But you know what I mean? Like if you're tense in the outfield, it could be tough. If you're tense at shortstop, you know, that one hop might, you know, bounce the other way. It can mess with you mentally. And, you know, this Jays team, they just need to clear out all the frustration, let it all go. Cause you know, they just look lost sometimes. And that's, what's the most frustrating part is we know how good this team is. We know, you know, the expectations and sometimes it just looks like it's all building up on them. And that's why I look at your Lermo Martinez. And I want to bring that point up again. Are you comfortable with him being the hitting coach for the Jays long-term? I mean, I think it's too early to press the panic button. Like, let's be honest, it's only been about six weeks uh, or so. So I, ca I can't, you know, I can't fault the, the guy and be like, oh, he's 100% the reason for the struggles. Because, again, a lot of the problem has to do with the fact that they're chasing pitches they shouldn't be chasing. You know, I think you can't blame the hitting coach for the fact that guys don't want to take pitches. Sure, maybe he hasn't stressed it enough, 
But I think the biggest thing is that they're in their own heads. So I think you'd have to see more of a larger sample size of a struggle before we can, you know, sit here and point the finger at a guy who really isn't the one standing in the batter's box at the end of the day. You know, I don't think he's done a terrible job. Uh, I think it, a lot of it does fall on the players at the end of the day, especially when it comes to that more mental approach. Uh, chasing pitches is something that the hitting coach can't fix for you. You know, that, that's you. That's your comfort. That's your ability to read pitches. So I think we'll have to see more before I can make a definitive uh, answer on that. But I'll say for now, I'm okay with it. But, you know, if they do struggle for a, a longer period of time, then clearly he is an issue because this team is way too talented to be doing so. Yeah, you know, you're right there. It is very early. I'm not, you know, saying like, go out and get rid of him now. But I'm getting a little nervous. And I have to ask those questions because, you know, yes, this team's had its ups and downs. Offensively, this team was arguably the best team in baseball last season. But this year, they look like they're lost at the plate. And there's times where, you know, they're swinging at pitches they really shouldn't be. The slider, I feel like, is really hurting them this season as well. But, you know, you look at the struggles, it's across baseball. So, you know, it's hard to really pinpoint what's the exact problem. But, you know, I've seen this take a lot all over Jay's social media. And I need to ask you this. We got to get this on the pod here. A lot of people want Dante Bichette back. Uh, they believe that he was crucial to helping out some tips with the offense. What do you think about that? Uh, you Would you want Dante back? Yeah, you know what? I will have to agree with that. I think you did see a change when he was there. I think that that without a doubt, you know, I mean, again, we're not in the rooms. We don't know how much of that can be attributed to him, but I'd be, you know, we'd be foolish not to think that he had some impact considering we did see a massive uh, rise in their success when he was there. And I know that he kind of, you know, uh, left as part of the whole lockout thing and he wanted to be, you know, working with Bo and all that. But I think, I think we do need him back. And, it, you know, I, I don't know if he's uh, open to doing so, but, uh, you know, it definitely wouldn't be, wouldn't hurt to give it a chance, you know? All right, let's go to the series starting tomorrow night. The opening game is going to be a big one, as you know, Shohei Otani is expected to be on the mound going against the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Hinjun Ryu will be taking the ball for the Blue Jays. He has a 1-0 record, 18 innings pitched this season, a 6 ERA, a 1.33 whip, 11 Ks, 3 walks. Going against Shohei, who, you know, Obviously not having the year like he did last season so far, so far. This is a guy that's talent can turn this on at any moment, but still three and two record, 30 innings pitched this season with a 2.82 ERA, a 1.02 whip, 53 strikeouts and nine walks. Tommy, how are you feeling about tomorrow night's game uh, in LA? You know, I feel like, I feel like it's borderline illegal to pick. Hunjin Ryu in a game against Shohei Otani. I mean, that's tough. I, I mean, it is. It's a tough draw. It is. You know, if you, it, maybe if you're going up against a guy like Manoa, Gosman, uh, even Barrios, right? But I, I, I don't know, man. I, it's not a great feeling to see that, especially coming off a game where they, uh, you know, they showed some promise with the bat. I can't throw my heart into it and say I'm 100% confident. You know, you never know. Like, you know, we, we, we do uh, see the odd performance from Hunjin where he really steps his game up. And we, uh, you know, on the other side, we do see Otani struggle at times. But, you know, I, I think given all things considered, it, it would be tough for me to sit here and pretend like, you know, the Jays should be the favorites in this game. Um, you know, Shoei Otani is a special phenom. And, I'm, you know, I'm excited to watch him play against the Jays. But, you know, I, I can't say that I'm a huge fan of our chances. What about you? 
no 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 i agree it's like it is absolutely insane to feel comfortable with hunjin ryu going against shohei otani shohei is just something in himself and he's so much fun to watch like i've never seen somebody like that in all my time of watching baseball and you know you got to appreciate that that's a generational talent if you can keep this up um for a long term period of time here like absolutely insane mvp last season rightly deserved as much as i wish vladdy won but you know it's going to be tough going against shohei um especially with ryu on the mound like you said if manoa or gosman were pitching you know i like our chances there because i think the jays are you know still a top five team in baseball when they're on their game right now they're just not on their game they sit here at 23 and 20 as you know kind of a mediocre team within this league right now obviously with the way things have been tense um so far in you know early may and late april but this team is still a top team in my opinion and i think they could beat the angels as good as the angels have been this season at 27 and 17 i think if the jays were you know finding their game i think their record would be extremely similar to what the angels have right now it may be better as well but we look at you know friday's game now and we do have alec manoa pitching now the angels rotation for the series hasn't been named fully but going off their recent um rotation it looks like we're gonna be seeing lorenzen uh Cindergard, and patrick sandoval and sandoval is one gross pitcher nick i gotta stay man i love watching this kid he's kind of like their alec manoa as well young stud strikeout dominant this guy is so much fun to watch Tommy, just looking at the series as a whole because you know we got to start wrapping this up we can't go into game 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 and kind of preview it's a series so you know it's gonna be the same teams playing each other but you know Cindergard, we know what he brings he's having an all right season obviously you know former blue jay but sandoval and lorenzen who's kind of that switch kind of that otani kind of guy where you can hit and pitch but i'm more interested in seeing sandoval what about you this series yeah, I think I think Sandoval is definitely an interting one. He definitely has burst on the scene this year. He's been pretty, he's been fairly good. Actually, I think fairly is a big understatement. The guy's been fantastic. Uh, I mean, he's pitching to a one seven nine ERA, and I mean, the analytics do back it up. He can get wild at times. He is prone to walking guys, uh, which you know that kind of. I think that game will totally go the way of uh, seeing how the Blue Jays hitters respond to that. Again, they have been chasing more than often, so if they are capable of taking pitches and waiting for something then they might have success against Sandoval. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. Again, this team is super talented, right-handed heavy against a left-hander like Sandoval. So if we take our free bases when we get them, I see no reason that we can't walk away with a win. That being said, you know, I could easily see this going the other way because he has been fantastic this season, and this is just another one uh, on the schedule for him. So I guess I'm excited to see how it plays out. Um, I'd be ha- I'd be ecstatic to walk away with a series win. Um, you know, I-, I am leaning more towards the split in my opinion, I think that's kind of where it's headed. Uh, what about you? What do you what, what's your outlook on this, and uh, especially Sandoval's start? Well, you know, we have Manoa on the Friday. We have Kikuchi on the Saturday. And then we have Jose Barrios on the Sunday. If Barrios is the Barrios that we were expecting this season and he's on his game, we have Kikuchi kind of carry over that, I guess, good stretch of play and you know we have the ever so dominant Alec Manoa rocking his 1.62 ERA with a 5-1 and one record I think a split is likely obviously you know you look at the Kikuchi game potentially going against Sandoval here that's going to be a tough one um, but Lorenzen too another underrated arm there uh, out in LA Syndergaard you know 
they kind of took that risk. It looks like it's paying off right now for this team. I don't know how much stock I put into the Angels. I think, you know, this is a team that always, for some reason, has a really good start to the season. Um, you know, Mike Trout's health is obviously a big one as well. You know, still one of my favorite players to watch in the sport uh, alone. Top three potentially there. You know, he's just amazing. But, you know, I kind of feel a sweep. Uh, sorry, it's not a sweep. I, a split is kind of the most, I guess, fair answer but I, I have a feeling the Jays could walk out here three and one I do I just think the vibes are going to start to you know turn around here now and I I think that they might go three and one here because uh I th- I think they're going to take the Friday uh I think they're going to take the Saturday and I think if you got Barrios ready to go and uh you know he performs I think they could win all three but I think a split is definitely the more realistic answer there yeah, I think that's I think that's a that's a fair point. I think especially this is important because now with the three teams making the playoffs and the wild card spots, I think you know you got to capitalize when you get the opportunity, and especially with a team that I think right now holds the number one wild card spot, you know you would like to knock them down back to uh, you know uh, reachable uh, spot where you know you can you know win one series and then all of a sudden you can overtake them because I think if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they are more than three ahead of us, I believe. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think they are like something like five ahead um, in the standings. I'm like pull it up right now. Uh, okay, if it would load. Yeah, I believe it's something of that sort. I believe that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, yeah, we're having difficulties here on this end, but regardless, I think uh, you know this is a very important series, and you'd love to kind of you know take it to them so that you know you can kind of reach for that spot because I think that's where you want to be. I think if we're not going to reach up and grab the division, you really want to sit in that, you know, first wildcard spot, at least for now, uh, and then make your division push uh, after the all-star break. Yeah, I guess quick note here before we wrap up this pod here. One thing about the Angels is their offense is top five in baseball, Um, you know, hits against their number one uh, in the whole league, actually. Their average isn't the greatest. It's still top 10, but their home run power is insane. They're second in the league. They're crushing the baseball. Um, you know, their pitching's kind of been their, I guess, point to be like where they're not elite. It's been all right. Their ERA is eighth in the league. Their whip is third. Uh, their K per nine is 23rd in the league. Their home runs given up is 17th. So, you know, their fielding percentage is about mediocre compared to where the Jays have that huge advantage there being second in the league. But um, batting average against for them is they're number one in the league. So opponents are batting 212 against their pitching, which is something to take note of. But this is something that I was talking about for majority of this episode is how are they going to carry this momentum into tomorrow night? I've been very vocal on it being a mental thing with this Jays team. I think they're too good to be in a slump like this. And, you know, they just, you know, gashed the Cardinals for eight runs uh, against, you know, a pretty good team there. So how can they do it tomorrow night against, you know, an Angels team that's also pretty good and the game does mean a lot more than the games down in St. Louis. So I think we could wrap it up there. I expect us to be back probably on the Monday to recap this Angel series and talk about the next series moving forward because it's a pretty big one after this as the Chicago White Sox come to town. So Nick, any last words you want to say on this episode before we wrap it up and come back on Monday? Uh, I'm all good, but I'd love to see them go out and win this series. That's about it. All right. So we will be back Monday to talk about the big White Sox series as Chicago comes to town. And as we recap, hopefully the Jays winning this series against the very good Angels this season. That's all from us here today at 
the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you again after the weekend. Enjoy.